friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast about wrestling, friendship, and friendship with wrestling. I am GameSpot News Entertainment Editor Matt Elfring, and with this, with me, as always, almost made it through that, is GameSpot Entertainment Editor Chris Hayner. How are you, Chris? Matt, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm actually really good. It's uh, Today is Monday, like spoilers for the pod listeners who are listening to this on a Thursday or some other day that's not Monday. Today is Monday. Mm-hmm. It's the start of a week. It's the start of... I know we try not to be timely. It is the start of Comic-Con at home week, so it's going to be a busy one. And honestly, I'm just really excited to sort of kick off what is going to be a busy week by just talking wrestling with my buddy. Just we're talking about wrestling. Normally, this is what I call hell week. I still call it that. Yeah, yeah, because Comic-Con week, uh, when you're working at Comic-Con, I've done it for 10 years now. This will be my 11th. It sucks. It's, It's so hectic and stressful. And I, and I have to travel all the way to San Diego. You got to go not too far. <laughs> not two hours. Three hour drive. About two hours. Yeah. But I'll say this. Hell week, yes, but also the most fun hell week imaginable. I never, there's never a Comic-Con where I don't have a blast. There's usually at least like one or two nights. First of all, Wednesday night, the night that we get in yep. is my favorite night because I make everybody go to my favorite restaurant in the gas lamp and that's Bub's. Oh, it's just Bub's a. Bub's Tots, baby. Oh, man. It's. It feels like a Midwestern like towny bar. It also feels it feels like it, it's obvious. It's outside of the baseball stadium in San Diego. Yeah. It feels like a place that is, has to be outside of every baseball stadium on Earth. Yes, you you need one like kind of just like here's baseball food and yeah. baseball beer. After Yeah, after you get loaded on like expensive beer at the ball game, you go have chili cheese, buffalo wing, potato tots and seven more Coors Lights. Oh, my God. I, I'm actually I'm actually really sad we're not going to Bubs this year. Yeah, that, it's it's been a tradition for me for for ten years now. I I think I've gone to Bubs every single con I've been to. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just a great place. My other favorite thing is always Saturday night going to the WB party, yeah, but buddy. only because you and I hang out. <laughs> I love the Warner Brothers party for my entire Comic-Con tenure, I guess, has been my favorite party because yeah. I'm, an, I'm a nerd for like the CW shows as bad yeah. as they may or may not be. And there was a time when uh, before they it was just a combined Warner Brothers party. They would do the Warner Brothers TV party and then the Warner Brothers film party back to back. And it was just a night of wild fun. Yeah. I mean, like the past few years, like like last year was my favorite year uh, because like we had Meg and Mike there and we just you and I have found an area at that party where there are seats. It's kind of away from everybody. It's the smokers area. Just hang out the smokers area. Yeah, Yeah, we just hang out and talk all night until you abandoned me to go hang out with uh, Xavier Woods and um, Rockstar Spud. Yeah. Yeah, well, that did happen. I was again. I was going to hang out with my buddy Josh, who writes the uh, the Flash comics at DC. And oh, sure, I believe you, Wink. Um, but no, I love the I love the <laughs> Warner Bros. Party. Matt, I don't remember if you remember uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, we met in person for the first time at Comic Con a few years ago. That's true. Yes, we. And met. I felt like yeah. at first I was like, I don't know how to act around this dude because we talk all day long and slack we've never interacted face to face and i was so tired because i had been gotten up early in the morning you know driven into the airport took a four-hour flight that was crowded like the the if you don't travel much for flight for 
in the airplanes, in the air world, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a tiring and soul crushing experience, no matter what. And like, I was just so tired. Cause I went from the airport to the hotel to drop my stuff off, then right to dinner to meet you mm-hmm. guys. And I was just like, you look so deflated. you look tired. And I was amped up on comic-con energy already. And I believe that was the <laughs> year that at the Warner brothers party, they promoted Riverdale by having a Josie and the Pussycats concert in the middle of the party. Oh, yeah. Which was so weird. But you know what? Welcome. I think I like I got to that party like after that had finished. Oh, OK. It was neat. That, But that was I believe that was the year that we were going to go to the IGN party. And, also. All right. This ha- and the line was so long and we decided just to not go. This happens every single <laughs> year. I say, I think I'm done with parties. Someone says, no, let's go to the IGN party. We go to the IGN party. It's at capacity. And then I'm just like, okay, it's time to leave. I was right the first time. And it's always like uh, Terry from IGN's like, no, come on and we'll we'll get you in. And she like runs IGN and then can't get anybody in. (laughs) Uh, I remember like while we're just like BSing about Comic-Con memories, uh, I had one year where... There was a single night when I hit, no joke, I think seven different parties in a row. I don't remember. No, it was actually, it was me and it was Terry from IGN. And we were like, and we made it pack. We're like, we're going to hit every single party. And we went to the Warner Brothers party. We went to the, like Fandango had a party where the band Best Coast was playing for some reason. Like, and we just hit so many parties all in a row. And uh, I had a lot to drink at every single one of them. Mm-hmm. and felt like a god i think if you're gonna go to parties go with terry yeah oh Te- i mean that's I, the best if you're gonna do anything go with terry she is one of my favorite human yeah. beings but she doesn't I, watch favorite... wrestling no she doesn't uh my, I, would, I do want to note my favorite thing about going to comic-con every year is getting uh, as your press you get invited to all the parties uh, not all of them it depends you know where you only are the only the ladder. lucky few get invited to the ew party yeah, I got in one um, time. I thought, you know what I thought? Not that impre- mm. like it's kind of overrated. But I like signing up for all of them and going to none of them. Yep. Well, remember, like uh, last year, there was a night where we had several parties we were supposed to go to. And instead, we all went back to my hotel room. We ordered Del Taco delivery and played <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance three on Switch. Because it came, I believe it came out that it came day. out that day. We all downloaded it on our switches and played together in my hotel room. Uh, yeah. So Warner Brothers Party is the only one I, I really go to no, at all. Fair. But we're talking about Comic Con for a specific reason, aside from the fact that it's Comic Con at home week. Chris, let's get into what's on this week's episode of Wrestle. All right. Well, before I talk about the Comic Con situation we're going to be dealing with, I want to highlight we're we're starting something new this week. A new that what something I will hope becomes a recurring segment it's the book club it's the Brussels buddies book club because this week mm-hmm. our very own chef matthew elfring will be reviewing mm, that's me w will be reviewing the official wwe cookbook yes. which you've had for some time and i know you've made something from it you made something from it and wrote about it for the site we i will get into that a little bit later yeah but i i've had this book for over a year it's and it's magical uh, we yes. will also we have a, we have a special guest this week. Uh, Mike Kingston, the creator of the Headlocked comic books, uh, is here. He's going to tell us about the new run of that comic, how you can help support it, and just some of the wild and weird stories that go hand in hand 
with working with wrestlers to make a comic book about wrestlers. Yes. Which is pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, but before that, as we said before, it is Comic-Con week. One of the most fun things, I don't know about you, Matt, one of my favorite things to do at Comic-Con is the hunt for like certain items that I yeah. that, like you can only get at Comic-Con. You got to get them there or you're never going to get them unless you spend several hundred dollars on eBay. My mm-hmm. big get last year was Who Framed Roger Rabbit soundtrack on a very cool vinyl. I also got that. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. But what really matters is what WWE does for Comic-Con, and that is very cool, exclusive action figures, especially over the last few years. So we're going to talk about action figures, and this is the SDCC Exclusives Edition. I, I want to note that this, when we say WWE, we mostly mean Mattel. Yes. Because they've had the WWE license forever. Uh, not forever, forever. I mean, we're not going back to like LJN toys, but uh, they primarily make the the majority of the WWE toys. And, you know, obviously Funko Pop has a few as well. And there's other companies, mm-hmm. but mainly we're talking about Mattel here. Yes. Uh, the, these are Mattel. Mattel puts out, honestly, some of the most beautiful wrestling toys you're ever going to see. The, yeah. the the Mattel WWE Elites line is incredible. Yes. But SDCC WWE exclusives started before that, I believe. The first oh. record before. Yes, before the first record. Before? <laughs> the first record I could find was way back in 2011. Uh, and I, I could. The weird thing about wrestling toys is there it's not as. I like wrestling toy nerds, as we know from the major figure, major figures, major wrestling figures podcast. Yes, that's what it's called. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Yes, we know that like they are very like wrestling figure fans can be very tedious. They're very specific. They're very detailed. Mm -hmm. However, uh, finding a complete list of Comic-Con exclusives for WWE toys is a rough one, but. Back in 2011, 2012, I found something that were called WWE Rumblers, which are they're they're very sort of cartoony. I they look like they're about Funko Pop size, but they're not that proportion. It's not the giant mm-hmm. head and everything. They're more detailed. They look cooler. Uh, you can buy them on eBay fairly cheap, uh, and it's like the it, there's someone that like The Rock, but his shirt has the Comic Con logo on it, or Rey Mysterio, but his pants have the Comic Con logo on them. It's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly simple. Not that cool. Not my kind of thing. My interest in WWE. Well, Comic-Con, I was going to say, yes, I, I do remember the Rumblers figures. Cause that was my first few years at Comic-Con mm-hmm. and I was never impressed. No, they're just taking a standard one and like, like printing the Comic-Con logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's boring. Uh, my favorite Comic-Con WWE stuff started in 2016. In 2016, yes. we got the first, to my knowledge, exclusive SDCC elite figure. And it was shocking, Matt. It was so shocking because it was the Shockmaster. Uh, oh, I love uh, I love me some Shockmaster. <laughs> um, the Shockmaster is definitely going to be a segment on the show at some point, because how yeah. could it not be? Uh, but for those who don't know, the Shockmaster was a, a, a character that lasted, I think, maybe one episode of television. No, more than it, that. Did it did it go on after the the fall? Um Uncle Fred after the fall and again we'll we'll cover Shockmaster in depth. Uh Uncle Fred appeared as the Shockmaster which was a construction worker afterwards. Oh boy. 
It was a really, really weird twist. Uh, I will most likely be covering that at some point because I I love the Shockmaster and, and how that storyline went weird, weird ways. So it was on a WCW segment, A Flare for the Gold, uh, in which Sting introduced his new partner, who is shocking, and he will shock <laughs> you because he is the Shockmaster. It's uh, it's it's Uncle Fred, Fred Ottman. Yeah. Uh, in a stormtrooper helmet that's been spray painted with silver sparkly spray paint. Yeah. Why do and, I call him Uncle Fred? That's what Cody because calls. <laughs> it's, yes, because because you have also heard the interview of uh, the American Dream remembering Cody going like, "What happened to Uncle Fred? Yeah. What happened yeah. to Uncle Fred?" Uh, so he appears. He explodes. I use finger quotes. He explodes through a wall. Pyro goes off, but there's like a two by four in the way that he trips over. So mm-hmm. his entrance, his, his debut is him falling down the helmet, falling off and him scrambling to put the helmet back on while a pre-recorded voice of his speech starts playing. And it's, it's flare in the background going, Oh no, I knew it. <laughs> it's so bad, but like the toy is so good. Uh, I actually had this toy. I would like to thank uh, We Enjoy Wrestling uh, co-host Eric Goldman for snagging this for me at Comic-Con because I couldn't line up for it. Uh, the Shockmaster You never toy, took it out, right? Never took it out. Still okay. in the box. Uh, the We Enjoy... Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Shockmaster Elite figure is in the standard Elite figure packaging at the time, except he's upside down with his helmet off. <laughs> his helmet's sitting to the side. His Stormtrooper helmet? And, yeah, and it's backward. Well, so they it looked to me, I don't know this for sure, because I don't know anybody at Mattel that I could speak with about it, but it looks to me like um, what they've done is change the helmet just a little bit so it's not just yeah. a Stormtrooper helmet, because, you know, copyright. Um, but the figure is actually upside down and backwards, so when you look at the box with the figure in the like the plastic shell, you just see the back of his coat. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's magical, and like, and it is a full. It is a window on the back too, so you can look and see on the back, like see his face and whatnot, which is cool. But mm-hmm. like, it's such a cool idea for packaging, and it really uh, it set the tone for what WWE and Mattel could do for their exclusive. San Diego stuff because the Shockmaster, not a figure that would probably be a huge uh mainstream market seller. Like if you if you dumped a bunch of Shockmaster figures on a Walmart next to all the Hulk Hogan's, it probably wouldn't sell nearly as well because the Shockmaster yeah. is only like remembered fondly by us nerds. Yeah. Uh but but Comic Con's a perfect place for it. And WWE and uh, Mattel followed that up the next year with a figure I don't have it breaks my heart. I don't have this. It is Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS, uh, who I believe if I look at wrestling history, I think Britt Baker's father, right? I think he's Britt Baker's father. Uh, they're both dentists. I'm assuming it runs in the family. That's, that's how all gimmicks work. Yeah. In no way did this man become the brother of undertaker. <laughs> no, no. It's like the giant Paul white was the son of Andre the giant. Of course. Britt Baker is the daughter of Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS. Uh, So this was Kane before he was Kane. Before he was Kane, he was Jerry Lawler's evil dentist. I guess it was so so weird. Because that's how you do. Oh, God. Wrestling during the 90s. 
I'm done. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's do- it's Jerry the King Lawler's evil dentist who did not last long because it's terrible, uh, but it has been immortalized in a beautiful 2017 action figure that comes. He comes with his dental jacket. He comes with like the headgear so he can get up and close into your teeth and look at check him out. Mm-hmm. What I love especially about this figure, though, is that when I looked, I found the back of the box. Usually the back of a wrestling figure box, it's other wrestlers that are in the line. It's yeah. promo for other things. On the back of the Isaac Yankum box, it is it looks like the dentist dental chart where you have like the uh, a picture of teeth where he's marked off which ones need work on. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like someone's chart from his exams. Uh, it's it's just a fun little detail. And like the Dr. Isaac Yankum uh, figure has Kane's terrible hair at that time where it's so oh, curly it's so and bad. puffy. Oh, so bad. Um. So that's 2017. That was the big get. I don't have it. I want it. Um, yeah, it's a really cool looking figure. Uh, I really like how um, I remember bring it more into it, but uh, Mattel kind of honors kind of weird things in the mm-hmm. WWE collection on occasion. Um, like Isaac Yank and like Shockmaster, because like hardcore fans, like we love this stuff. Absolutely. I wouldn't even say I'm a hardcore fan, but like wrestling fans in general, we love the weird stuff in wrestling. Like, why can't I have that as a toy? And now I do. I have a Shockmaster and it's bananas. Yeah. Um, 2018, I couldn't actually find a record of any elite stuff from 2018, which surprised me. But then I found out what they did do, which was mm-hmm. they released a little box, a little package of muscle figures. You know, the little pink ones. I remember this very, very well. I also remember muscle very well because uh, I couldn't afford a lot of toys when I was a kid. So I had tons of muscle. I had so many muscle toys, which uh, so they released a WWE Legends uh, sort of blister pack of muscle characters. We could get people like Ric Flair, people like Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, I think I saw the Iron Sheik like there. Mm -hmm. It was just you you got each package had a few different ones in it. And they look just like the classic muscle figures, which I was obsessed with. Uh, something I didn't know about muscle figures. I knew they originated in Japan. I did yeah. not know they originated as collectible erasers. Yeah, it was also, uh, I'm not sure which came first, but I know it was also an anime and it's a video game series now. Yeah. yeah. And and what I remember, and the one thing I do remember about the original muscle toys, and you should, I hope everyone held on to this. Uh, for their WWE Legends version is you could get a case that looked like a wrestling title belt. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was tight. So hopefully we all still have them in our houses. I do not. I kind of want to find one on eBay and then get a bunch of the wrestling ones and throw them in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was to that was 2018. It was muscle like and part of me secretly hoped this was like the resurgence of muscle as a collectible toy. They tried. They tried. It did not. Yeah, it did not wind up happening, though. But that's OK, because if you think about 2018 and a few years prior, uh, I only know about I mainly know about this because my nieces and nephews, but the blind box collectible market, it's still a huge thing right now with yep. um, pop or I, I don't know what half of these things are called. Every still every like, every piece of IP has a blind a blind grab box toy. Yes. Yeah. And so it's still and muscle can be a standalone IP that can be only blind box. Like, and it works well, but it, you know, it didn't catch on because uh, anybody under the age of, you know, 35 has no idea what muscle is. Right. 
It's hard and it's hard. It's hard to break through when you can't be like, it's Captain America and attach that to it. And also wrestling is not as big as it is now compared to 1985 with kids, you know, absolutely. Or that, that era. What are you talking about, Matt? This is the TV PG era where eyeballs get popped out. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so then there was last year, 2019. Uh, this was a figure. I, I'm actually, you're going to talk about this one quite a bit, Matt, because this is one we yeah. were both over the moon about. They released yes. a special Macho Man Randy Savage figure in his Slim Jim commercial attire. And it and mm-hmm. he had a little Slim Jim box in his hands. And Two it came, Slim Jim boxes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, one for each hand. It's, I can right. see it. It's right there. It is a th- four feet from me. Is it not in the box? It's still in the box. But not. it's in, it's in the clear. I, I was about to show it, but I'm like, wait a minute. No one can see this. There's two boxes on this thing. There is an outer box. It looks like a Slim Jim package. Yeah, it like. looks like a it's a life-size Slim Jim beef snack box. So, like, the, the outer box has, like, nutrition facts on the back, and it says, like, Macho Madness, like, a million percent or whatever. But then you open it up, and it's Macho Man in a just clear plastic thing holding the Slim Jims, and it it's, it's the best figure, I think, uh, Mattel has put out for WWE. Wow. Really call really firing shots at the Shockmaster. I, I I've seen that. I've never, I don't own the Shockmaster. I've seen it, but I think the Slim Jim one is the best looking figure. I mean, I've taken this macho man out of the box. I've, I've undressed it. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to elaborate. Well, I, I was doing photos for, uh, for GameSpot for this. And I, so I, I wanted to see like what the attire Matt, looked like with it. Matt, we're not that kind of website, buddy. But uh, no, I was just doing a photo shoot for it for, for work. Oh, okay. I do photo shoots for toys all the time. <laughs> I know I was making fun. I'm oh, just, oh, I'm you're trying to make me a creep. I see it. I'm so sorry. Uh, I mean, the, the face, this face sculpt is fantastic. Like his actual wrestling attire is great. Like everything about this is just a huge hole. It might be one of my favorite rest or my favorite like action figures in general that I own. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very cool. Um, I love it. I have not, I do not take mine out of the, uh, the plastic uh, part, the, the, no, the box, the slim Jim box. I haven't opened it and looked inside. Wait, really? I haven't. I don't know. I don't want to ruin the magic. One day I'm going to look at, it, I'm going to be blown away. Do you want to see mine, Chris? Because, like, I mean, no one can see no, this. I, but I, like... I mean, I've seen it online and whatnot. I just haven't seen mine specifically. I'm secretly like, hoping. Look, look at this. Look how great this thing looks. That's so wonderful. Uh, fun, fun story. So it's it like I like I mentioned, it is the macho costume that he uh, he wore when he appeared in a Slim Jim commercial. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think 2011 or 12, I dressed up as that macho man for Halloween. Wonderful. I, I built the costume from scratch. I destroyed so <laughs> many of my clothes to make them red and yellow zebra striped. I'm all about like, uh, I guess I'm like the the major wrestling figure pod. I, I like taking the figures out, but with the Mattel stuff, the, the elite collection stuff I've seen, the box art is so beautiful. If I can see the figure within that box, I don't want to remove it from it. Mm. So I ha- I do have the outside box for this. It's just sitting in my closet. Because the the outside box in itself is brilliant as well. It's but just cool. Yeah. Before I get to the last one, which is this year's, of course, uh, I actually need to jump back because I just realized I skipped one. And it is an, uh, from 2010. It is pre WWE Rumblers. Uh, and it's not marked elite. It's not marked any sort of thing. 
but what was released was an incredibly detailed Undertaker in his WrestleMania 15 attire. That's right. That was the Ministry of Darkness one, right? It's yeah, the, it's so the, the outfit is so detailed and it, 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 it. Oh, OK, so I am incorrect. It is an elite figure uh, and it's got the elbow pads, the chest plate, a long black cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the description, this is special packaging art and each figure comes inside. So like you get the figure and it's normal package, but that package comes inside of a special white box. That like you, which is what you have picked up and purchased at Comic. Yes, I remember this. Yep. And then inside is this incredibly detailed Undertaker from WrestleMania 15. I don't know that I've ever seen this before, and it's I've seen it. It's beautiful. I I remember uh, seeing that at the Mattel booth in one of the cases. And it's not marked. It's not marked Elite. It's just it's it's marked Undertaker, and it has this big sort of uh, very cool designed logo. Uh, yeah. For the Undertaker on the front. And then underneath it's here's what I find interesting. Uh, it's WrestleMania 15 attire. So it's pre-American badass, but it says Undertaker. And then under it has the little demon logo from his big, big evil persona. Yes. Like it's, it's very cool. This is a, this is a very, very cool action figure that like, yeah. Wow. Well, we'll have images of all these on the, uh, on, on our Twitter, which yes. is at WrestleBuddies. Uh, I do want to know it is a, Real cloth cape. It is not a plastic formed cape. The cape is made of cloth. Uh, and his eyes are white because they're rolled back into his head. <laughs> Cause he's, because the he's, Undertaker. he's evil. Yeah. He's evil. He's the devil, Matt. He's dead. Uh, so now we're getting to this year. Yes. This year. I'm so sad that you won't be able to get this at Comic-Con. You have to order it online. Yeah. Um, WWE is releasing a Mr. T action or WWE Mattel are releasing a Mr. T action figure. Yeah. And it's amazing. He's in his WrestleMania one attire complete with the camouflage jacket. Yep. And all of the chains, all of the chains. You want to know my one critique of this Mr. T? Huh? It's that I kind of wish it was WrestleMania two when he had a boxing match with Roddy Piper. Oh, I gotta say something for next year, Matt. Yeah. Uh, there is something for those who uh, aren't familiar with who Mr. T is. He was on the show, the A team. He's just, I I don't know how he became such a pop culture phenomenon. Maybe it was just the A team and then he's, his WrestleMania appearances. Well, and he, at the same time, like at the beginning of his pop culture phenom stage, he also signed on for a cartoon. Yeah. So there was a Mr. T cartoon that endeared him to children everywhere. Cause if you had a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon in the eighties, you were set. And you, and he also, you know, you don't respect to disrespect his mama. Actually, I don't know if you see it in my notes here. Uh, he's in his wardrobe from WrestleMania and so many gold chains. The box has Mr. Cheese chains on it and it looks awesome. Mama not included. <laughs> because if anybody remembers when Mr. T was inducted into WWE Hall of Fame, he gave uh, a conservatively three hour speech about his mother. <laughs> um, yep. It was great. He it also did great. a PSA video back in the day about how people uh, need to uh, respect mothers. Uh, so there's two kids like on a playground or whatever. And one's like, well, your mother's so fat, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hold on a second. You that- don't disrespect someone's mother. My version of Mr. T is Jordan Peele's imitation of Mr. T. <laughs> I was just going to say that PSA was later parodied on Key and Peele. <laughs> 
You don't ever make fun of another man's hair. It was I got like, mail, mail like, case of mail pad of baldness. The ki- like little kids would talk about like you're not gonna do drugs because you're lame, and he would not show up. And he was like, "Well, you have stupid hair." Wait a minute. <laughs> now hold on. <laughs> you don't ever make fun of a person's name. His name is a gift from the gods. Oh, so yeah, Mr. T is this year. It's it's very very cool. I I just. Oh, everything is great. Like, how do you, ex- like, I'm just, I'm always trying to think like, how do you explain Mr. T to someone again, under the age of 35? <laughs> D- just gold, baby. A team plus gold plus one of the Rocky movies equals Mr. T. That's right. He was Thunderlips. No, that was Hulk. No, Hogan. no, no. That was Hogan. He was uh crusher something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched the Rocky movies in so long. I watch Rocky four quite a bit. Um, that one with the robot. Yep. Oh boy. H- happy birthday, Polly. Uh, so yeah, but I want Rocky two. uh, not Rocky two. WrestleMania two. uh, Mr. T again, he's, he was in a boxing match with Roddy, Roddy Piper. And this was a real, it was a shoot match from what I remember from reading about it. Um, but the woman who was doing commentary during the match, I can never get like her voice out of my head. Cause the entire, like, 10, 15 minutes this match is going on. She's like, just going, come on, T. Come on, T. Come on, T. I think she was like the host of Entertainment Tonight or something. At was, the it time. Na- was it Nancy O'Dell? Oh, I do not remember. No idea. I know what she looks like. Was it, come on, T. Come on, T. Like, the it's entire, it's such a weird match. Hey, so really quickly, I wanted to just jump in. And the woman that was doing commentary was Susan St. James. Uh, she was an actress during the 70s and 80s, most notably during that time, uh, 1984 to 89. She was on a sitcom called Kate and Allie. And I just went to rewatch like the beginning of this match, the Mr. T Roddy Roddy Piper boxing match. And literally the second after the bell ring, she goes, come on, T. Anyway, back to our show. Uh, before we wrap up action figure talk, Matt, I want to ask you, let's say Mattel came to us. They're like, hey. We want the Wrestle Buddies to curate our San Diego Comic Con exclusives. Yes. Yeah. What are we going for? I I put down two. I think of the most obvious ones. Yeah. A Dungeon of Doom playset. Mm-hmm. With like with with Hogan and the Taskmaster and the Master was the other one. In like the uh, weird... Taskmaster, the Master, the Shark, uh, Vader, uh, the Giants. No, I'm, I don't even know that we need the entire group. I meant specifically of the promo, a playset of the promo we did in WrestlePiece. Oh, yeah. Ma- Master, Taskmaster, Giant Hulk. That's it. In like a weird dungeon underground cave playset. Yeah. Where the water is not hot. No. I would also like a Monster Truck Sumo Match playset where it's Giant and Hogan <laughs> and Monster Trucks and the arena from Detroit. I'm super into that. Uh, but then the other thing I've listed is a Mordecai action figure, which I think would be for an audience of one named Chris Hayner. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm would, it, would it be would it be mislabeled as Gangrel? It would be mislabeled as Gangrel <laughs> slash The Undertaker. Um, but I am very curious. <laughs> I'm very curious. What would you like to like? Realistically, what would you like to see from this? Hey, Matt here. Really, really quick. Anytime I say Undertaker in the upcoming couple of sentences, replace it with Ultimate Warrior. I was picturing Ultimate Warrior in my head, but I definitely said Undertaker. I can't believe I have to make two editor's notes in the same, like, two, three-minute time period. Anyway, Ultimate Warrior. Okay, so I would like a play set. 
Uh, it's not a very big playset, but it is Papa Shango and Undertaker in like his weird blue tracksuit. I believe he was wearing during this uh, or white tracksuit. Um, and it comes with a stretcher and like uh, he Undertaker has that green black liquid coming from underneath his wig. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I'd he- love like a, I would love like a very intense, dark, like Papa Shango figure from that time, because we've had Papa Shango figures. But I don't think there's anything that's fully embraced the weird voodoo side of it. Well, that actually reminds me. I'd like a four pack of Papa Shango, Kama Mustafa, the Godfather and the good father. Yes, that like, would be the best four pack, like the many faces of Charles, right? Yeah, that would be dope. Uh, a WWE elites three count three pack. Oh, come on. Oh, heavens to Betsy. I'd love that. How is that not an idea that has already happened several times? Yeah. Um, I also thought th- this one, I think, would actually sell well. It's a four pack. It's Hogan, Rodman, DDP and Carl Malone from Roadwild. Yes. Right. Oh, th- there's so many like dumb wrestling toys that I would love to have. I mean, all you really got to do is just throw a dartboard at a weird moment in wrestling and just make that a figure. Absolutely. Well, and then there's also like a couple of years. In fact, I think it was last year they released like these very, uh, very cool, detailed Attitude Era Hardy Boys action figures. Mm-hmm. So give me a brood triple pack of Gangrel, Edge and Christian. Yeah. Please. And make the box look like they're coming up out of fire. Like, come on, that's easy. Give me a kennel from hell playset. Oh my God. Give me a kennel from hell playset with trained Rottweilers on the floor. <laughs> Little plastic dog poops. Can I have, um, I want a ring. It's like, I want like a WWE ring. Uh huh. Um, and it's just it, like, it, it's seemingly just the ring. But if you look underneath the ring, it's Steve Blackman handing people kendo sticks. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I live. Oh my God. The- I, I actually just had a really good idea. Yeah. I want you to be with me on this one, Matt. Okay. These are, these are elite figures with elite articulation, but they're of characters from WrestleFest. So they look pixelated. Like they're in that, that sort of eight, like how NECA does their toys. Yes. So they're in that old style, but they have the articulation of an elite figures and it's just the WrestleFest line. Oh, give me that DiBiase, man. Come on. Would love it. I, I got one more. Yeah, um, it's it's the Beyond the Mat series. Oh, it's no. Vince McMahon and Draws in his office with Vince over his desk screaming. He's going to puke and Draws holding on to a metal bucket. Uh, I also want from that series, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts with pissing bucket action. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have to censor that, but no, I'm gonna censor that one. But the, I can't I, I'll never get the image of Jake Roberts peeing in a bucket like a community bucket out of my head. Uh, Big Van Vader with eyeball popping out action. Oh, uh, Rey Mysterio with eyeball popping out action. <laughs> with, 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 with marble fake. in his hand. <laughs> it looked like, it looked like he was holding a softball. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, uh anyway. Yeah. So th- obviously Mattel hit us up. We think all of these would be really good action figures. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really pushing for the Charles Wright four pack and the three count triple play. I would say uh, Charles Wright four pack. I'm a hundred percent in, but I really would love a Dungeon of Doom playset. The Dungeon of Doom playset would be magical. Yeah, would love. Please, and I'm not saying again. I'm not saying all of them, but like what you said, like that. Just that promo with Hogan 
first meeting the Dungeon of Doom. Absolutely. Where it's just the, those four. That would be perfect. And I mean, we've seen the work Mattel does in sort of adding the details of these things. We both know that what we have and we love them to death. That would be so good. It yeah. would look so good. Look, we got a Festival of Friendship playset. Why can't we get a Dungeon of Doom? Yeah, come on. That's all. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I am a person who who has been trying desperately to bring uh, the arts back to wrestling with mm. WrestlePiece Theater. And now with a new segment, um, I want to get us uh, reading a little bit more. And Matt, that's why, Matt, yeah, I need to point out you are a literate man. Ooh, I'd you, hope so, considering an editor of a website. <laughs> and also, you were a professor. I, I wasn't a professor. I, I did teach at a college. I, uh, let's get this in the air. I, I taught at a college for a few years as a, uh, it was called Continuing Education. You had to be working on your master's, which I never finished to teach. So I, I taught screenwriting, and then I taught comic book writing with a uh, with an artist so kind of comic book creation uh and we also did that for kids i hated teaching but doing the comic book creation with kids like we did that for about a year was an awesome experience okay so you were a professor so you're literally <laughs> uh, yeah yeah okay i guess i was a professor professor i mean we call you professor elfring during wrestling 101 yeah well I you mean, really should you really should have cleared this out before I, cleared this up before now i should have done this episode one I did yep. not. Uh, but no, you are a literate man. Mm -hmm. And so you read books and now you're going to teach us a little bit about one. I'm going to hold up the book, Chris. You, no one else can see it, but you, um, Ooh, it, it's pretty. It's the WWE official cookbook. This is official. That's weird. It says WCW on it. Uh, nope. It says, it actually says W because the logo is just a W. I know there's a smaller W, but there's no E get the E out. <laughs> Mate, put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Get the E out. Uh, this book was released in 2019 from Inside Editions. Uh, they've done other branded cookbooks like Overwatch and other mm -hmm. ones that I haven't cooked things for. The, I remember you cooking from the Overwatch one. The Overwatch lentil soup that I made yep. was yep. very good. However, that book failed in comparison to the WWE book. We have talked in the past about how WWE branding does not really rein in on the puns and and just making great items sound like they revolve uh <laughs> making great items sound like they belong in the WWE universe. Yes, we need themed names for our food. Chris, this book has it. Oh, Matt, tell me all about it. Well, before we get that, I'm just going to give you a little bit of insight into who who put this book together. Was it Stone Cold? Did AJ Styles write these recipes? Uh, it was actually me. Allison Robicelli, uh she is a chef her and her husband are, are cooks. They, they, have a, they have a very funny, weird YouTube video I watched a couple times, and they got a podcast about food. Get ready for the title of this podcast. It is long. The Robicelli argument. Um, <clears throat> let me say that again. I already tripped up on it. The Robicelli argument clinic, a food podcast for schmucks. Why are they arguing? I don't know. And why is this clinic arguing? Good point. Yeah. Anyways. So this has a ton of recipes in it from breakfast to lunch to dinner to desserts and drinks. Uh, so back when this book came out, I just did a piece on GameSpot as a joke. Uh, as I typically kind of sometimes do joke galleries. So I'm just like, I'm going to cook a bunch of food from this book and you're going to have to read it. 
because uh, I like to cook a lot in my home life. Cooking is kind of my one of my passions, I guess. Wow. We do, I don't I mean, we talk all the time. I guess it's my passion. I thought smoking meat was your passion. It's cooking, though. Cooking. It's cooking. Well, I, no, I understand. But like, that's a very specific lane. Like smoking meat is my within cooking, my main passion. But I like cooking outside of that a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing. Okay. It's your passion, Matt. It's we my get passion. it. It's my passion. There are so You're many. literate and you know how to read things. We get it. I've just opened up one page here, Chris, and we're on page 11. And I just want to show you if you can kind of see it. Oh, my God. It's the boss man. Is it the big boss man is what I turn to. And, and wait, wait, can I read this title? You certainly can. Okay, so it is a donut with bacon on it, which is a very popular thing these days. And it's called Big Boss Ham Steak Donuts. Yep. <laughs> Holy cow, that is already the greatest thing that's in that book. I can't believe we started with the best. I would like to read the description from this. Uh, I don't know if it's funny or not. I haven't read it, but uh, (laughs) these ham and pineapple stuffed donuts, in quotes, are a great choice for your first meal of the day, first meal of the day, or as your last meal on Earth. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is the last meal. Is this an is this like execution joke? You're about to die. Big Boss is gonna kill you. Are you supposed to take it, it because he's a cop? Yeah. Uh, in Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. Where you gotta respect the law. First and order. of all, first of all, I would like to note this book came out in 1999 yeah. or 19 2019. 2019. Uh, the Big Boss Man has been passed on for a while. A few years. Yes. Uh, to the point where I would believe that half of the people, at least half the people who watch WWE now, do not know who that is. Yeah. So I find it very interesting. Yeah. Um, but are they saying that like, so if I, let's, let's say, let's say I kill a bunch of people. I'm not going to. Let's Chris, say I kill I, a bunch of people. Chris, can, can I stop you right there to read the rest of the description? Because this gets bonkers. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the last meal on earth. Uh, sticky maple glaze makes them just for the right amount of sweet. But if you're a brutal individual, spice that glaze with a nice sprinkle of pepper. Pepper with a capital P. As in Pepper the Dog. Oh, no. <laughs> really? I swear to you. Pepper the D- Pepper Al Snow's dog is part of the recipe? <laughs> Chris, this is terrible. I liked this book before. I had never read any of the descriptions. Wow. I love this book. <laughs> I do not want to eat dog as my last meal on earth. No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Re- uh, you know what? Respect. Respect for like shouting out weird stuff from Pat Wrestling's past. Not only did they get like the he's a cop thing in there, which you can see from this picture, but they got like such a specific weird storyline like into the description. They literally, they're like, eat this before you get sent to the kennel from hell. <laughs> uh, Chris, give me a page number to turn to so I can read you something. Ooh, Matt, I'm going to say, pay- Ooh, how many pages is it? Okay, I want to make sure I'm within reason. Okay, Chris. So we end this book on 127 with iced Booker one, T. Ooh, okay. Hey, Matt. Yeah. 69. Nice. Chris, I was waiting for that one. Yeah, buddy. Considering that this book has some jokes in it, I'm hoping that 69. The Godfather. Oh, no Godfather. Valvinus. Is it Valvinus? No, it's not. Uh, it's The Rock. Oh, he loves pie. Nope, not pie. No, he does love pie. I know. Oh, my God. Is it strudel? No, it's not a dessert at all. Uh, Chris, this is the jabroni macaroni salad made with people's elbows. 
Is this cannibalism? What's happening? So, uh, here's the description. Thank you for calling room service at the Smackdown Hotel. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now you can cram this Hawaiian-style dish in your mouth and shut it, jabronis. Oh, my God. This is a very aggressive description. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out where this this particular entry has utterly failed us as human beings. Mm -hmm. The Rock is known for exactly three things. Yeah. Pie. Strudel pancakes yeah those are three delicious things like mm -hmm. if you like oh my god the rocks blueberry pancakes come on but Bana banana nut pancakes from the rock i don't know peanut butter pie i like jabroni macaroni salad it's very cutesy yeah i'm into it i like that it's with people's elbows yeah which i'm assuming elbows. means elbow macaroni it is elbow macaroni yes and not like Cut a bunch of people's elbows off. Yeah. I'm looking at the um, recipe ingredients. I'm not too into what's in it. It has like ha question. It has half the base of like a Carolina like barbecue sauce, like half oh. of that base. How many cups of poontang go into this thing? Oh, uh, zero, Chris. I'm wow. Wow. Good. Oh, you know what? Lots of carbs. Good for you, The Rock. I mean, it is. It's a lot of carbs, so you got to work those out. Chris, I'm going to take us to another page. Let's just go to 100. Let's just, you know, get right over. Absolutely. That's a big number. I hope it's Mrs. Man. Well, okay, so 100 is just a picture. So we're going to go to 101. What's it a picture of? Um, the food that I'm about to describe. Okay. John Cena's Fruity Pebble Treats. <laughs> Chris, there's no way you can't see these Technicolor Treats. Oh boy! So it's it's rice krispie treats. Is that, wait, pebbles. is that all? Is that all it says? That's the entire description. Wow! They I mean, really we need to find a page with like a good description on it. What I, here's what I will say: uh, John Cena, from what I do understand, uh, because he told me himself, does eat fruity pebbles. Yes, he does. That is a thing. Like I at like I interviewed him a bunch of years ago, and I specifically gathered questions from children. What do kids want to know about John Cena? And one thing was like, do you actually eat Fruity Pebbles? Mm -hmm. And he says, those are like his cheat day treat. So, I mean, I th there's cool. a lot of good connection here between the actual wrestlers. Yeah. Chris, I'm on page 57. And I had you made uh Matt, I will say you made a face when you got to that page. I did. Uh, Chris, get ready for Prawn Michaels. No. <laughs> It's just Shawn Michaels' shrimp? It's just, there's not even a picture of it. It's just Shawn Michaels. It's just... <laughs> Prawn Michaels. I'm just a sexy shrimp. Sexy shrimp. Here we go. The, the iconic shrimp cocktail is a definitive showstopper as either a starter or a main event. Serve these on a platter if you're hosting a crowd, but be a true heartbreak kid. To, uh, sorry, but to be a true heartbreak kid... Hang the prongs off the rim of the cocktail glass filled with spicy Texas peat hot sauce. Ew. I don't like that one. That's disgusting. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't, I don't, I feel, first of all, it's not prawns, it's shrimp. They're describing. Oh, we got to one of the ones that I actually made, by the way. Oh, okay. And it's called Oh Hell Yams. So it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and it says, these are a great so piping. These are great piping hot from the oven, but hold. <clears throat> I'm having trouble reading today. I'm so tired. These are great piping hot from the oven, but hold aside some extra 
to keep stone cold in the fridge for a stunning salad. What? I read that right. Okay, whatever. I, I made these. They were delicious. Way too spicy. Too spicy? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's quartered uh, sweet potatoes because yams are a very tough thing to find out here. That's a... Oh. Sweet, sweet potatoes and yams are essentially essentially the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but you can't actually... Yams are just tougher to find out here. They're, they're easier to find in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just court, like quartered sweet potatoes that were spicy, but it was really good. Um, yeah, go ahead. If I throw out a wrestler. Yeah. Could you find, tell me if there is a recipe for that recipe? Yes, you can. Okay, Matt. Yeah, here we go. Bay leaf. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a bay leaf from what I remember. Oh, well, here we go. We are going. I hope it's a, I hope it's a cocktail with a bay leaf in it. <laughs> How could you not do that? I am wondering what some of the drinks are. I'm, I'm assuming none of them there are has to, There has to be a Bailey one in here um, because there's a Bob Backler one. By the way, the drinks do have alcohol. Oh, they have actual boozy drinks? Yeah, because I made... Oh, forget Bailey. Let's talk about the booze. I'm okay. very curious as to what the drink options are. Oh, by the, I found Bailey, by the way. Can we just... It's it's Bailey Bailey's Chicken Huggets. Oh, that's adorable. I'm, I'm actually super into that. Yeah, okay. and then you can make a sauce too. Whatever. Uh, is it is it Sasha Banks sauce? No, it's not. There wasn't a pun on the name. I'm trying to get like to the drinks. Name. I don't remember where they are in this book. Uh, there, I just saw a parfait with Kurt Angle's face next to it. Ew. <laughs> All right, here we go. Beverages and cocktails. There's the Becky Lynchburg whiskey Blarney Stone. Whoa, <sighs> I'm down. I'm already in. It's just it's it's whiskey, chartreuse, lime juice, simple syrup. Oh, a little bit of ginger beer. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's sea breezango, a sea breeze. Oh my God. Yeah. There's Eddie Guerrero's Latino heat, which is a, it's a rum based, uh, rum and passion fruit based drink. Which, Wait, I just, before we, yeah, breezango, breezango has a cocktail in this book. Yes. That's oh, so lovely. right below it. I, I missed it. Uh, there's Bruno San Martini of, I mean, that's great. Of course. That's perfect. Of course. Uh, Why wouldn't there be? Sensational Sherry, which is a sherry drink. Just a glass of wine? It's a, no, it's a glass of sherry. Seamus' oh. <laughs> uh, Shamer, Shamrock Shake, which has Guinness in it. Oh, a Guinness Shake would be good. <laughs> it would be great if it was just like, go to McDonald's, order a Shamrock <laughs> Shake, dump a Guinness in it. Seamus <laughs> is pleased. Oh, uh, continuing forward here. Coffee Kingston, which I made, which was a rum based, almost milkshake. It was very gross, mm. which was un- a bummer. That's unfortunate. Uh, Ginger Mahal. <laughs> yeah. Ginger Mahal sounds like a parody character. It's Ginger Mahal with red hair. Yeah, like, pretty much. And then an iced Booker T at the end. There's not many drinks in here. I want to try the Becky Lynch whiskey sour or whatever it was. I, I want to try I want to be, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I want to try all of these. And um, I know I, I've already told you this. Yes. We haven't mentioned it here. Like my goal is for us to slowly just start making things from this thing and talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. We that have, includes the food. That includes the drinks. We could make soup plex city. Oh, <laughs> of all, like they could have come up with anything for Brock Lesnar and it's a soup. <laughs> broccoli lesnar broccoli something you know 
like I would I would like I'm surprised it's not like these are the things that the wrestlers would eat. Like for Brock, it's just a T-bone steak prepared incredibly rare. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about DDPs? Wait, did they? Is it just a preparation of actual like sugar snap peas? It, it's it's peas in uh in onion curry, cilantro, and a little bit of onion. Ew, that's... I don't know. That could be pretty good. There's a lot of like. If you think about like I, Indian dishes, use a lot of peas. And there's yeah, a lot of there's curry in all there. All right, you make a good point. Yeah. All right, I'm back in. Uh, Michael Coleslaw. Isn't this something we mentioned on one of the early episodes was Michael Coleslaw? Why doesn't that exist? I feel like we were wondering why that wasn't at WWF New York. Yeah, yeah. This this book should have been the menu to WWF New York. It really should have. Like, it's funny. Like, not they're not all A-plus hit, but, like, there's some really good... Bob Backlund's Chicken Wings. Bam. Look at that. Nail out of the That's nail. good. Yeah, perfect. I think that is another thing we suggested for WWF New York. Chris, Braun Stroganoff. Oh, that's so that's good. That's a really good one. That's great. Okay. Um, so my review of this book, Chris, for our it's book amazing. club. Uh, Wait, Matt. Yeah. Let's rate this book on a scale of five libraries. How many libraries would you give <laughs> the WWE cookbook? I um, Let's not do halves on this. I'm, I'm mm. going to go four out of five. Now... I do want to point out that one of the dishes I made out of the two that I made in this book when I was testing it was terrible. Uh, and that was the coffee Kingston. It was gross. Yes. It was super gross. Uh, the yams were great. Um, I do like the effort put into naming these pieces. I do like mm -hmm. that there are some storyline elements put into the descriptions, but the descriptions are a little <laughs> weak. Uh, Not the Big Boss Man one. Big Boss Man was like a, it was a home run. It was a grand slam. So I, I really like this book. If you like cooking, I don't know, go get it or not, or just listen to me I, read them every week. Yeah, I might have to get it. Anyways, that's the book club. Um, four out of five libraries, the official five libraries, man, the official uh, Wrestle Buddies way to go books sticker of approval. Yeah, you get. Yeah, like I could put um, one of those gold, those gold stickers on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's important. That's right. That's how that's how words work. Uh, so, so coming up now, we're moving forward. Uh, there is a wrestling comic book out there that I really enjoy and have been, uh, enjoying for quite a few years. I it was a Kickstarter person on it. Uh, and that's the headlock comics by Mike Kingston. And he's the creator. They're very cool. And yeah. And there's a new one coming out that Mike is going to talk to us with, uh, about today that is available on Kickstarter to essentially you're pre-ordering the book. It's going to get made, uh, uh, I can't guarantee that it's going to get made because you can't guarantee Kickstarter things are going to get made, but it's it's going to get made. It's going to get made. Uh, it's, and done. it's a done deal. The July the deadline for that is July 26th. There's only a few days left, but uh, uh, you can find the link to the Kickstarter yes. in the description of this episode. So just scroll down to the description, click the link and go fund this really cool book. This really cool series of comic books. And uh, and with that, here is us talking to Mike Kingston. Hey friends, got a very special interview this week. We are talking to Mike Kingston, creator of the Headlock comic. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Uh, doing okay. We're uh, surviving in the apocalypse. It's fun, right? 
been better. I don't think you'd describe it as fun. Uh, interesting I, experience. I'm having fun. I bought an arcade game. My my, my life's going great. Uh, so, Mike, you have uh, the tell us about the newest Kickstarter that you're running. This is volume. This be volume four from Headlocked. Five. Five. Volume five. Research. It's technically a spinoff, though. You know, so yeah, the Headlock series is you know Mike Hartman's journey through the wrestling business, and it's told from his point of view. So it's very sort of singular and focused. Like you know, if a, if a kid's in wrestling school, you're just gonna see sort of his immediate surroundings. He's not gonna experience like you know the rest of the wrestling world or whatever. So I've been fortunate enough to be able to collaborate with a lot of different wrestlers on short stories. So what we do is sort of try to build out the universe and just tell sort of different stories, um, create different locales, introduce new characters. Um, you know, and just that, that some of them are people we've seen, some of them are people we haven't. And that's what Tales from the Road is about. So it's hmm. 13 stories by 14 wrestlers. One's a tag team. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we just tell fun stories and, uh, you know, have a good time. Because <laughs> uh, there are a few other wrestling comics out there. There's the WWE book, which really just sensationalizes the uh, sports entertainment part of it. <laughs> yes, it uh, does. The image book, which I don't forget what it was called, but it didn't la- uh, it didn't focus too much on the ring. What I would say that I really enjoyed about Headlocked uh, was that it kind of focuses on the journey from the perspective of a person getting into wrestling. And it's not sensationalizing the kind of in-ring storytelling that we see. Yeah, so, I mean, I always wanted it to be, uh, you know, I guess I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. And like, you know, you have to defend it to 50% of the people that you know. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it was always interesting to me how people would just be so sort of reflexively dismissive of it. Mm-hmm. Like they've never watched it, but automatically hate it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I, I wanted to do by using a, you know, we use a Mike Hartman is a theater major who unexpectedly falls in love with wrestling and he quits school. And then it's his journey through the business, like starting on day zero, like, so he's a blank slate. So the people can, you know, follow the journey, but also he's a performance artist by nature. So examining the craft of wrestling through the eyes of a performance artist kind of, I don't know, maybe gets people to understand a little bit more about, uh, I guess, you know, what wrestling is, versus what they think it is. I, I actually I actually think that's a, an important way to go because I've I've literally in the last couple of years even had people who've never watched the product before say like why do you think this is real? Like what about this makes you think it's an actual genuine fight? They're like they're like they're acting. I'm like, no 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 we all know. Like we're not we're not of the belief that one person is going out there and legitimately choking someone, lifting them up off the ground and then throwing them back down as hard as they can. Like it's 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 performance art. I mean, I want to go to like movies with that person right. and then <laughs> over in the middle of it and just be like, what about this makes you think it's real? Captain America is not a real person. Furiosa doesn't live in a post-apocalyptic timeline. I've never seen a talking raccoon in my life. I can't believe you buy this. I'd like to. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's got to be better than humans, right? So how did you... Uh, so Jerry Lawler has been doing the covers for you uh, since volume one. And I didn't even know he was an artist. How did you get involved with uh, Lawler? So it's the craziest thing. Um, 
you know, when I started out doing this, it's, you know, being a double independent in two sort of mediums that are dominated by larger companies. Obviously, you know, WWE has such a ridiculous amount of market share and brand recognition. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel, DC, and just superheroes in general with comics. Like a lot of times when people say the word comic book, they really mean to say superhero. So mm-hmm. yeah. And the same with wrestling. A lot of times when people say wrestling, they mean WWE, but mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to try to find my way in that, I knew I needed something to kind of grab people's attention. Um, so I sent Jerry Lawler an email through his website. Forgot <laughs> I did it. I forgot I did it after I did it. It was such a ridiculous thing. Like I was, cause I knew he was an artist, mm-hmm. you know, he'd done the, he had done an angle with ultimate warrior before where, where he painted a picture and broke it over his head. Um, he used to do the telestrator stuff and, I had seen a couple of pieces um, on the internet that, you know, that he was an artist. So I was like, you know, this would be a cool thing to try to, you know, I'm trying to do a story about wrestling as an art form. So how cool would it be to have wrestlers as artists? So I sent him an email. I forget I did it. Like two weeks later, I get an email back. He's like, you know, let me, here's my address. Send me some books and I'll check it out. In my mind, it's still the webmaster. Like, you know what I mean? It's not Jerry Lawler. He's got to, he's got to have like a team around him or something, you know, whatever. And then, uh, so I sent him some books and then like a week after that, I get a phone call. And I mean, if there was a way that you could fake it, I would have thought it was fake, but it was him. It was his voice and, you know, it was very distinctive. And he was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've always, you know, he got into wrestling because of art. And I don't know how many people know this, but oh. when he was a kid, he used to draw the, um, the wrestlers on television and he sent them into Memphis wrestling and they put them on the air. Mm-hmm. And then they hired him to basically do like shots of what happened on the weekend house shows that weren't televised. And then they would show them on the program. And then through that, he became friends with wrestlers and, you know, he eventually had convinced uh, Jackie Fargo to train him. And so, you know, years later, it's funny, we were at a panel and and he he never told me this, but he, you know, he had said this at a panel, but he was like, you know, when I saw Mike's email, you know, years ago, Lance Russell took a chance on me and put my artwork on television. And he goes, when I saw, you know, when I saw Mike's email, it was a chance to pay that forward to the next guy. So, I mean, I can't even tell you what that, what he's done for me, like personally and professionally. And he's the most generous person. Like, and it's funny because people know people, you see people on TV and you think you know them. And there's definitely a part of Jerry's personality, televised personality that is real. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he's the biggest art nerd. Like, we go to mm-hmm. art museums, um, all that, you know, and it's super fun. Like, we did a convention where they had a, they would let the guests go to this art museum, and they had uh, the largest collection of J.C. Leyendecker art. And he was the, he did the post covers before Rockwell. And we probably spent five hours in there. And they were letting, they let us go down to the basement, and they were, like, pulling out all these old sketches and stuff. And just you know, whatever, nerding out about it. I mean, he's got a Norman Rockwell in his house, like an original. So it's just, you know what I mean? And a lot of people don't expect that. I mean, when we go to the museums, people don't recognize him because it's a different world, you know, but that's. Are you that guy who yells puppies on TV every week? (laughs) (laughs) You love art? uh, But yeah, and I mean, he's, and he loves comics and he'd always said, you know, he goes, I wanted to be an artist and then wrestling kind of just took off for me. And I always wanted to come back around and do art again. So, you know, we've been able to do that for 10 years now and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And now you're at the point with, with tales on the road where you have, you're working with wrestlers to write stories, 
I do want to say that the the Mustafa Ali, I like I fell in love with that story. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm a uh, was a Chicago guy at one point. Uh, so how has this kind of transitioned into writing with the wrestlers been for you? It's a lot of fun. I mean, just, you know, Headlocked is sort of like a, you know, like a prestige cable drama type story, you know, and this gives me an opportunity to play in different genres. Um, you know, the, the gang girl story that we did is, you know, is about Bigfoot and uh, <laughs> the Dijak story we did was uh, is a horror story. We did a secret agent story with, uh, with Taya that's sort of a riff on old Santo movies. So it just gives me an opportunity to, you know, under the same umbrella to just sort of flex creatively. And then the cool thing is just, I mean, wrestlers are so creative just in general and they're all storytellers by nature. And I've spent so long around these guys, listening to tell stories and whatever. I thought it would be cool to, to get to collaborate with them. So, you know, that's been, uh, it's been awesome. You know, they're all different. Sometimes it's, over drinks and we're just throwing stuff around sometimes it's you know mick foley wrote a whole script for me um oh wow you know like a, it was probably a you know it was supposed to be a six-page story jill did the art for it we got it down to nine pages but it was probably 15 16 pages worth of <laughs> stories so i've read a mick foley book or two he, he yeah he, he's good at words so, uh, you know, but it's fun. It's, it's been super rewarding. And, you know, like I just wanted to make a cool wrestling comic when I started Headlock and yeah. never in a million years that I think that it would turn into what it's turned into. How did you get like, get hooked up with these, right? Like, obviously the, the comic has sort of gained, it's gained its following and in wrestling fan circles, I'm wondering how you specifically got, get, how do you get hooked up with a Mick Foley or a Gangrel or Mustafa Ali to the point where you can actually collaborate with them? So when it started, it was just me doing my stuff at shows. And like one of the other things that we've tried to do was have a space. You know, when I started going to comic cons, there were no wrestling, there was no wrestling stuff there. No. Um, you know, and I, I firmly believe that comic con should be the, you know, it's the church at Highlander, you know, all of us are all under the one, you know, one roof and we all have our freak flags and, you know, they should all be welcome. But like, there was never anything for wrestling and, you know, and I had a lot of trouble getting headlock started, which is why I do it myself. Um, I mean, to this day, like, you know, a lot of, com there's not a lot, but there's comic cons that don't allow wrestling. And we, we were so probably weird. the first, we were probably the first wrestling thing at more than a dozen shows. Um, so I would be at these shows with my book. And then that's how I met like the hard, hardcore guys like Hurricane, Christopher Daniels, Rob Van Dam. Like they were at shows as fans. They would come across my stuff and then having Jerry hooked up, like, it's a natural, you know what I mean? Like now that gives me some credibility with people. Mm. And then some of it is just, I build partnerships with people, um, you know, for conventions and stuff. Like I have the only dedicated wrestling booth at San Diego comic-con. I have the only wrestling booth at New York comic-con at Emerald city. Um, you know, so not to mention the fact that obviously we open doors at all these other places. So, you know, a lot of times I, I make uh, partnerships with people that way. I'll be like, hey, listen, you know, you come to my booth and, and then we'll we'll collaborate on a story together. And that's, you know, I don't want to get rich off of selling somebody's autograph. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to mm, make right. comics. I have a regular job. I work like 70 hours a week at my regular <laughs> job. And that pays my mortgage and that keeps me flush, you know. Everything I make off a of headlock, I just put right back into the machine because I just want to make, I want to make more comics. I just want to make um, you know, do as much as I can for as long as I can. So, I mean, I'm not going to, 
this is, I mean, I've probably raised, we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter and I haven't seen a dime of it. And I don't care. Like I said, it's not, this has never been about, you know, if you, if you get into comics to get rich, you're doing it wrong. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I've built partnerships with people that way. You know what I mean? That's how I got uh, Ric Flair to do a story. You know, we did like a whole bunch of convention appearances and it's funny. Um, I was looking at my Facebook memories and today's actually my birthday. Two oh, years ago, I, uh, two years ago, I celebrated my birthday by drinking with Ric Flair. Oh, and, boy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like, and you lived to a, tell the tale. So I tried to out drink him, but I didn't tell him that. <laughs> so like, I was like, I'm going to have a secret drinking contest with Ric Flair. Cause if he knows, oh, there's no way I'm going to win. So maybe <laughs> if he's, if he's distracted, I can pound down enough alcohol to be like, yo, I outdrank Ric Flair. And I still did not. <laughs> um, that sounds so, right. So, and then the, the kicker is like, I drank, he was there before I got there. In the time I drank seven drinks, he drank 11. And then he went, you know, he retired for the evening. And then the next morning I see him, he's at the show before me in his suit, crisp, you know, looks like, you know, looks like he just came from the gym. And, you know, I come trudging through the door and the lady that's checking the badges goes, young man, do you need something for a headache? <laughs> so um, it was fun. I, it was me and Rick and Shane Helms and, uh, and Jeff Hardy's wife had shown up because it was in uh, North Carolina. And then uh, Rick FaceTimed Jeff to tell him he was going to take his wife to Space Mountain as a <laughs> just it was, uh, you know, as a wrestling fan, it's just super, you know, like you're like, oh, this is going on, you know, like. So, uh, Ric Flair bought me a bunch of shots on my birthday. How how cool is that? Nature boy, I'd buy you a shot, but everything's closed. That's a great story, though. Holy cow! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that's the Jason Voorhees sound. <laughs> you keep saying that's Gangrel's breathing. Hey, everybody! It's everybody's favorite mini it's segment, not. Gangrel Watch, where we keep up with what's up with Gangrel. Mike Kingston, you did a story with Gangrel for Tales from the Road, Headlocked. How did you get hooked up with Gangrel? Because all I care about is Gangrel 24-7. Absolutely. Um, so we were at a convention together. He was next to me and struck up a conversation. And uh, That's awesome. He proposed me the, you know, the, the best one-line pitch anybody's ever given me. You know, it was like, what if somebody trained Bigfoot to wrestle? <laughs> That's the That's best the idea. Best. Right. So we're actually going to, we're, we're in the, we're going to develop this, the, this short into a longer series. Um, God, please. But it's, you know, it's about a, the, about a guy the, in the Pacific Northwest that owns a family owned promotion and it's going out of business and he goes in the woods to ostensibly commit suicide and Bigfoot stops him and he does the most indie wrestling thing you can think of instead of, you know, trying to sell Bigfoot for, you know, millions of dollars. He uses him to main event his independent wrestling company. Is the main character a noted vampire warrior professional wrestler or someone who's not even nothing like that? No, no, there's no uh, there's no hint of, of him in there. Oh, wow. It's, just, it's something we just collaborated on, you know, artistically. Like, I don't use anybody's likenesses. I oh, just, you I know, they're... See. They're authors, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we sometimes we'll use like an analog, but yeah, there's no uh, there's no Gangrel in this at all. Oh, see, this is where Gangrel and I are differ. I'd have been like, if I'm writing a comic book, 
you bet your ass I'm putting myself in it. <laughs> well, and that's been a hard part of it because I don't want to get, I don't want to end up in like copyright hell and fair. Because you know, sometimes people can be petty. Um, I, that is something I've experienced. Not necessarily people, but uh, promotions. Yeah. And not the promotions fair. that you'd think, but uh, I. Uh, yeah, I just so we we try to keep all that out of it. It's it's just more about a story about them. Sometimes sometimes we'll use analogs of people, different names or whatever, and some mm-hmm. some sort of similar likeness. Like the story that I did with Ric Flair involves a wrestler named Platinum Prescott. So, <laughs> you know, it's you know it it's Flair, but it keeps us uh, you know it keeps us out of that nonsense. Because I'm not trying to put anybody over. I just want to tell cool stories. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so their Bigfoot story, you know, the guy basically is going to train Bigfoot to wrestle and everybody's going to think it's a gimmick, but it's really Bigfoot. And then Bigfoot turns into a dick backstage. So, <laughs> I mean, we open our Bigfoot story with Bigfoot in rehab doing yoga. So, I mean. This is, this sounds incredible. <laughs> I'm very much, this sounds right up my alley. It so, is yeah, that's, but that's the type of stuff that we do. Um you know, some of it is more serious. Some of it is just out there. You know, we did a story with MVP where he's sort of the punisher of shady promoters. And uh, we did uh, <laughs> the, nope. the fun, uh, the Taya story we did is a, is a really cool secret agent story. So uh, you mentioned, you mentioned a tag team. Do you, you, you have a, ta- a story developed with a tag team? Yeah, we did a story like a while back with the, uh, with the young bucks. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Right on. So, uh, and then we uh, we debuted a, uh, a a real shady promoter in that that has gone on to star in a couple of other uh, other stories as well. His, uh, his name's Tommy Tuxedo, and he's got a very <laughs> bright, garish tuxedo. And he's uh, we we he was a central character in a story that I did with Jeff Cobb, which is not in this series, but will be in the next one. So I I love the shared universe <laughs> based around this shady promoter. You know, and that's it. Sometimes, you know, you just make a character and then he kind of speaks to you and you're like, oh, yeah, we got to do something with this again. So, and uh, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been super fruitful as a, you know, as a wrestling fan and the collaborations have been fun and people seem to like it. And I feel good about what we've done with, you know, bringing wrestling to to Comic-Con, you know, all those things. So. So headlock tales of the road, uh, you have the Kickstarter going now and that is ending soon. June 27th, uh, July 27th or July 27th. It ends, <laughs> it ends uh, like 15 minutes after raw ends on Monday. Oh, wow. So uh, give people an opportunity. One of the other things that we're doing in the book that we haven't talked about is in the interest of sort of expanding the universe, we have a pinup gallery and it's going to, we're debuting just new uh, never before seen characters in the pinup gallery. And this is part of how we've been able to fund our Kickstarters is with likeness rewards and stuff. So uh, at certain tiers or whatever, you can have uh, Ed McGinnis create you as a wrestler and then you're a character in the universe and Jill Thompson and Lauren Moran. And then I have five independent wrestlers that are creating brand new characters themselves um, that have art skills. So uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, Sloan, Danhausen, G Raver, and Treehouse Lee are going to create uh, characters, and you know, maybe you know some of the stuff. Some of them you'll see again. Some of them might just exist in that moment. Some of them might, you know, develop. You know, we might do a 
tales from the road about those characters. So it's, uh, but it's fun. You know what I mean? You just let people, creative people flex their muscles and, you know, see what happens. So check out the Kickstarter. We will have a link to that on the social medias. We'll also, uh, we'll also go ahead and put a link in the uh, description of this episode. Yeah, sure. That's how we do it. Uh, I, I can actually say uh, I've, I kickstarted, I think, two and three or three and four. I forget which ones back in the day. And I'm actually a big fan of the Headlock comics. So, Mike, thank you for coming on to talk about the new book. Uh, I'm Mike, very excited where, for it. Where where can they find you on social media? Uh, everything's Headlock comic. Uh, it's one word. It's all I run it all. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think I'm too old for TikTok. I don't know. Fair. <laughs> I also, I also maybe feel I'll too old for TikTok. Maybe I'll change that opinion, but, you know. Snapchat was like the one where I was like, yeah, I don't really get this. And now yeah. TikTok's like past me and <laughs> we're all in the same boat. I have the app. I've, I've, I've looked at it. I don't understand what it is. I don't know. I don't know how to post to it at all. I just, I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a project with uh, Gallows and Anderson and it hasn't been announced yet or whatever, but we were trying to set up a, a four-way call with Gallows and Anderson and Rocky Romero, and none of us could figure it out. <laughs> and we needed Carl's kid to set us up. So <laughs> that's uh, that's where we're at. I'm. Uh, if if we didn't use Zoom for work like every day, I would have no idea what nope. I was doing. Not none. None. Awesome. But thanks, Mike, for coming on. Uh, make sure to check out the Headlock Tales from the Road Kickstarter, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Mike. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Once again, thank you, Mike Kingston, for chatting with us. If you were not soaked about this new line of Headlocks comics before, you've got to be now. Gangrel is writing one, and that's the most exciting thing I've ever heard. That might be the news <clears throat> of the century. That might be a what? News of the century. Like, honest to God, like, if ever you were wondering what the point, if Gangrel Watch was going to yield anything magic, mm -hmm. Gangrel wrote a comic. That's awesome. And it's about Bigfoot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't wait. Uh, so before we wrap things up today, we do have one mailbag question uh, that we're going to hit yes. from Jacob McCourt in the GameSpot Discord. Hey, Jacob. And and it is actually something I'm glad he brought up. Yes. He, because it's we're on the heels of Slammiversary, uh, the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Yes. And he specifically says, what are your thoughts on Impact Wrestling? Scott Damore is a bit of a hometown legend for me, and I don't think his team gets enough credit for the work they do. Uh, Matt, I think Jacob's right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give a very quick thoughts about TNA and impact. I don't even know what it's called anymore. I'm sorry. It's, it's, called, it's, 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 just, it's impact just impact now. now. No more. Yes. I think that's my problem. Not problem. I guess issue with, with this company is I don't know what to call it. First off, I don't know how to watch it. Second off, I think it's on access TV now. And it's also on Twitch, I believe. Yes. Um, and also there's just so much other wrestling happening, but I, after, kind of seeing what was unfolding at Slammiversary um, and then watching Impact actually firing people that had allegations during the speaking out movement, like mm -hmm. taking allegations seriously and having actual repercussions. I have so much respect for this company. Mm -hmm. And also I love the Good Brothers. I cannot wait to see EC3 be EC3 again. Uh, yep. Heath, formerly known as Heath Slater. Uh, I think he's just going by Heath or Heath Miller now. I think, yeah. Uh, excited to see what he brings. I mean, also Eric Young matters again. 
Oh my god. I love I love yeah. EY so much. Uh he is he's on my list of people I want to talk to for the show eventually. Yeah. Because he's a uh, hilarious and so smart. And yeah, uh I I don't I'll be honest. I do not watch Impact as much as I'd like to because finding it on Access isn't always easy. But every time I see it, I'm constantly blown away by what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um also in terms of like the great WWE uh, releasing uh, during the COVID pandemic, I look at AEW and I look at Impact, and Impact got the better end of the deal just by be- grabbing the Good Brothers over FTR. The yeah. Good Brothers is such a good; they're two great wrestlers with two great minds, and they're such a great tag team. Yeah, like I'm so excited to see what they do. And I think what's what's really cool is if if this is true, what I was reading online is that many of the wrestlers that signed with Impact, if they wanted to, could still work in Japan. Yes. And I'm not I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but seeing the Good Brothers go back to Japan would be great as well. Um, Absolutely. And I think as a wrestling fan like me or you that grew up kind of during Attitude Era, our teenage years, our formative years were during Attitude Era. Uh, you kind of think of as wrestling as, as black or white, like WCW, WWE, you know, AEW or WWE. There, there should be room for more than two major. I say major, but WWE is kind of on another level because it's more of a global scale at this point. Right. But right now it's just WWE, and then there's some other guys that are lower down. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't care. I don't care how much Chris Jericho wants to yell about the quote unquote ratings war. Yeah. Like AEW honestly has a negligible audience at this point. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's room for other large, strictly American companies. We'll say, we'll put it that Absolutely. way. And impact has a history that spans back to like 2005, 2006. Like they've been around. Yes. Like they, they're not new. They, since they got purchased uh, by, I think it was like the fight network or whatever in Canada. Yeah. Anthem. Uh, yes, Anthem. They, like they, they've clearly had to sort of rejigger what they are. And they brought in an influx of like really great new talent. And honestly, it's a compelling wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Like, like WWE was, and like AEW was at first, they are producing an, a show in front of no audience, mm-hmm. which as we've talked about can be a little rough. Yeah. But they, they just had their slime. As we said, they just had their slime anniversary pay-per-view this weekend which is essentially their WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Like it was so much fun. There were lots of surprises. And even when there weren't surprises, uh, the matches were just good. And some of the surprises weren't because like, Hey, we got someone from WWE, the motor city machine guns, which is a great tag team from TNA's past mm-hmm. uh, came back and are challenging for the tag team titles this week. That's fun. I just want wrestling to be fun. And right now, impact is having a lot of fun yeah i i feel like wrestling right now i'm not having as much fun as i used to watching it mm-hmm. um i mean if we want to take extreme rules quote unquote in quotes the horror show um aside from that swamp match um i don't think overall there was a match that really had me pumped i mean i like the table match versus new day the table match was good actually i take that back and cesaro and nakamura but there's also um Banks and uh, oh God, my Oscar. Uh, that match would have been, you know, a match of the year contender if that finish wasn't dubious. Oh, the finish is terrible. Yeah, 
I understand the finish, but it was also like everybody, if there was an audience there, they all would have been like, had their hands up in confusion. Like, how and is honestly, this? and that's not, that is not exclusive to WWE. No, I mean, not at all. all. Like every wrestling company has its lousy finishes. Impact is not immune from that. Yeah. AEW is not immune from that. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> but what Jacob asked is exactly right. Like, uh, since Scott Demore took over creative for Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. it's been a completely different show, and it's actually really fun. It's that's, just good. That, I mean, that's all we need. As you know, we've already said we need fun. I, I want to start watching Impact because watching WWE and AEW right now feels like a little bit of a slog. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not having. I know there's great things happening there, but I feel like I'm really trying to have to search out to find great things. And when you're stuck inside all day and never leave your house, like me, someone who already works from home and now can't leave. Uh, I just, I just need to have fun. And it seems like, it seems like impacts having a lot of fun. It, it definitely comes across to me like they're having a lot of fun. Uh, they picked up some of the WWE names. They have so much of their own talent, like in terms of the roster they've built mm-hmm. over the past few years. Like, so yes, uh, people are not giving impact the credit it's due Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that changes because it's cool check check out impact wrestling uh it's a it's a fun show and it looks like things are just going to get cooking more and more from here yeah i say i know uh and that and matt i'm gonna hit you up with something do you hear that oh i wasn't actually gonna do that this week you weren't (laughs) no i was gonna say and that brings us to the end of the show Oh, wow. Well, do you hear that, though? That was a truck going by. No, did you hear that, though? Yeah, the the, the, the me playing the end of the show, uh, inputting the music, the clip into yeah. the editing software. Oh, I, so you do hear it. Yeah, I do hear it. I do hear it. Hey, thanks for listening. This was a, this was a so long one, but thank you. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, let the world know what you think, good or bad. It's all fine. Uh, you can find us on social. It is uh, at WrestleBuddies on Twitter, at WrestleBuddies on Instagram, WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com for email. Mm-hmm. I uh, am at Chris Hayner. You are... I'm Matt Elfring. I am M-A-T-E-L-F-R-I-N-G. And thank you for listening once again. This was fun for us, regardless of whether or not it was fun for you. And we'll see you in Yeah, the listen to this while you're trying to watch Comic-Con. Yeah. I will do. Or Comic-Con's over. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.